A new year and a new season. Welcome to Rams All Access. My name is JB Long with DeMarco Farr, a special postseason edition as the wow. Dallas Cowboys are coming to the Coliseum. Uh, DeMarco, what would you make of the draw when uh, the double doink in Chicago oh. sent the uh, Bears into their offseason and brought the Cowboys to Southern California? I'm so glad that got ruled as a block. I, I really, I'm, I'm so glad they went back and changed that to, to tell us that that got blocked. I would hate to be that guy if you missed a field goal, a double doink field goal. That can't, that can't happen in the postseason. But you know, uh, good draw, I guess. You you draw Dallas, you avoid some teams, you avoid uh, Chicago, you avoid Philadelphia for the time being, which is great. Um, when you think about what those fronts did to your offensive line, this could be the best draw of everybody. But you know, everybody's beatable in the NFC. I think we've we've seen that throughout the year. You know, it's interesting. The Rams are. Farther along than they got last year, right, mm-hmm. in terms of losing the wild card. Now they're in the divisional round. But in many respects, it feels like the season starts here. 13 wins, yeah. terrific. Another division title, fantastic. But based on where the expectations were all the way back in the summer in training camp, I think everyone was waiting to see, can the Rams deliver on their promise in the postseason? No matter where you start wild card division, here we go. How many wins can you get from this point forward? That's funny. On the way over, I was thinking, I mean, whatever you have down for draft needs or offseason needs, I think you need to wait until this is over in the postseason. Because everything gets magnified. Every position gets magnified. And whatever your weaknesses are, they're going to be attacked. So you're going to find out if some guys can really play big-time football because that's what it's going to take to win from here, to beat Dallas and to move beyond. So the weaknesses are? Going into this game? Yeah. I mean, look, I, we've talked about outside linebacker, inside linebacker, and it is what it is. Uh, are, are these guys going to get better at shedding blocks um, on Saturday, like miraculously? Probably not. I mean, I love what we've seen against two very bad offenses the last couple of weeks, but let's be honest, this is a playoff caliber offense coming at you. This is an all-pro type running back that's going to be running the ball at you. So you know what your issues are. Uh, outside backer, if you're Jason Garrett... Do you have any doubts where you're trying to attack the Rams' defense? I mean, with the personnel groups that you have and the 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 positives you have on your side, where do you think the ball's going to go? Probably they're going to put your outside backers on front street and see if they want to play play football today. So that would be the number one weakness on defense. On the other side, on offense, like we're going to hear soon uh, from Jared Goff himself, they have a pretty good pass rush that can get to anybody, including the Rams. How do you deal with that? Especially between the yeah. the guards, right? I Absolutely. mean, that's where the pass protection largely broke down. You have two top five tackles who have the bye week, and Andrew Whitworth, despite that knee injury against San Francisco, will be good to go. Uh, but yeah, can you make Goff comfortable in an uncomfortable environment in the postseason against a daunting defense? No doubt. Front? And a lot of this, JB, really, in, in reality, I mean, to, to try to say that you're going to bottle up Zeke Elliott, are you crazy? This is the postseason. He's going to get outside. It's going to happen in the game. So what happens after he gets outside? John Johnson, I hope, has a big game. Uh, Because right behind those outside linebackers are usually safeties. So they're going to have to tackle big time. What's going to happen once Demarcus Lawrence gets free on Jared Goff? Because it's going to happen. How does he react to it? Either getting sacked, can he hold on to the football, or keep the play alive? But at some point, you're going to face big-time adversity versus this defense and offense. Because they're just as good as you are. You're all in the postseason for a reason. What about on the perimeter? I mean, it's obviously been a fantastic addition to go out and get Amari Cooper. But what else besides Cooper and and Zeke does Dallas have that concerns you? Uh, They don't seem special in that regard. Well, I mean, look, I I think 
I think that they have enough confidence in Dak Prescott and in Cooper that they will attack whatever corners over the top. Like, it could be Tlaib, could be Peters, could be anybody. They feel confident in their guys. So they're going to see a lot of looks. You're going to have to defend that. But outside of that, I mean, you have some scheme stuff. Cole Beasley, if healthy, can be a problem, you know, in in man coverage. Uh, Tavon Austin is coming back, and he's coming back jilted, so to speak, right? He's a problem on end arounds. He can get outside. If he gets loose, he's gone. We know this. I think besides Cooper and, um, and, and Zeke Elliott, as far as top-flight talent or guys that could really, really hurt you, I don't think they have that. But they have enough pieces to keep you off balance to let those stars do damage. You know, it's interesting the options that were available for the Rams to play in this contest, uh, either Russell Wilson, Mitchell Trubisky, or Dak, and of that group, I don't think Dak gets the credit he deserves for the winning plays he makes with his feet, and he did it again to beat Seattle. That third down and 14 he converted uh, was one of a couple marvelous plays, and that too is concerning in terms of getting off the field defensively so that Goff and McVay have their chances to carry you to victory. If he takes that big exhale and all of a sudden the light comes on and you start to see brilliance, uh, it, it changes this Saturday definitely, but it changes this entire league as far as the Lombardi, if this guy actually gets it right and starts to play at a high level, becomes elite, makes one of the best postseason runs, Dallas is a player for a Lombardi. We all know this. I think that's the one thing that's been kind of holding them back, so to speak. Here they are in the playoffs, and I'm talking about being held back. But if Dak Prescott takes a step, everyone in the NFC could be in trouble. I think it's a natural tendency to give your opponent too much credit in these situations, and we're going to spend most of this program talking about some of the threats for Dallas. We've already touched on a lot of them. But I also don't want to lose sight of the fact that the Rams were the better team, are the better team, have home field advantage, had the week off. I mean, this plays wonderfully into their hands. Right. I mean, look, and I know Dallas is going to be well represented in the Coliseum. Dallas doesn't travel. They're already here, I think I read. And that's a great way to sum it up. They have fans everywhere, so they're going to be represented. But there's some some questions the Rams can present that they still don't have answers for. We can start and end with 99. You still haven't figured out how to block him. That's going to be a big factor in how you run the football. And definitely, if you do stop the run, it'll play a huge part in how Prescott plays. Well, especially if you're going with a, a rookie at left guard again, Connor Williams, Xavier uh, Suafilo, it's kind of uh, still up in the air at this yeah. stage of the week which direction Dallas is going to go. Last week it was Williams. And that's a light lift and, <laughs> and, for Aaron. And, and, Joe, yeah. and Joe Looney at center yeah. is, is not the strength of this uh, really good but not elite offensive line. You've seen those old ESPN shows, the the World's Strongest Man competition. You know, you have the top three guys all named Magnus, right? <laughs> I mean, and if you're coming into this game with, like, the bottom 17, like I said, this is a light lift for him. So if you play discipline on defense, if you are making tackles, if you force the game back to Prescott, Aaron's going to get there. I bet Sue gets there. You saw a different Sue in San Francisco versus San Fran. Well, here, you here, saw a guy wrecking shop. And this is to me, this is a bigger equation than just Indomitian and Sue. But I would put him in there. I would put Aqib Talib. I put Marcus Peters in there. Uh, a few others who maybe have not, for one reason or another, delivered on their career averages. Let's just say. Right. All that matters at this point is you won 13 games, a division. You're in the divisional round with home field advantage. If you play your best three games of the season over the course of the next month, I think you will have a ring when all is said and You're done. You're in the mix. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, but everybody's going to start this weekend thinking the same way, and there's some good football teams. But you're going to have to make plays. I'll tell you the best play I saw on defense was that it was the, the forced fumble by Mark Barron. 
that was picked up by Tlaib, that was run down by Kittle. Yep. Great play, right? But did you see the surge up front? Now, you can't wait for, for third and short or fourth and short to have that sort of surge. To make check bounce that yes. out to his right. That's got to be on first and ten. That's the effort and, and intensity you need on first and ten to beat Dallas. Yeah, and I guess my, my point is that you can't ask for more than what the Rams have. No. In Good terms point. of the advantage. And then also the health that comes with it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, with that, other than Dom Easley and Cooper Cup, you have the exact starting roster on both sides of the football. You spent so much time and energy and assets on this offseason to assemble. They're all there. They're all going to be active for January. Right. Cash that in. Absolutely. I hope you do. But that's that's why you're at the embryo stage of a Sean McVay tree. I mean, it's eight ball corner pocket to win the whole tournament. Well, that's set up to win. That coach, that coaching tree is growing, by the way. And we'll touch right. on that in this edition of Rams All Access. He's DeMar- DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. Speaking of home field advantage, CJ Anderson has some thoughts on that next and how will McVay use Anderson in conjunction with Todd Gurley, uh, back from a two game absence. That's when we continue on Rams All Access. This is ESPN LA 710. It's not going to feel like home. They play in the dome. We outside. So that's one element. Uh, second element is they getting on the plane. We not. That's another element. So uh, last time I checked, it's a home game for us. It don't matter who's sitting in the stands. It's a home game for us. We not getting on the plane. We don't play in the dome. So it's kind of how I look at it. The newest member of the Los Angeles Rams, C.J. Anderson, 43 carries, 299 yards, rushing two scores in two games to help the Rams close out the regular season. Talking there about the home field advantage. Uh, coming the Rams' way this Saturday night under the lights at the Coliseum. January the 12th. You know what's cool about that? What? My daughter will be 18. Is that oh, a birthday? Yeah, her, the, 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 the day, day before. before. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. I made it. One twelve. Uh, uh Three years removed from the NFL voting to bring the Rams home oh, wow. to Los Angeles. Wow. Two years removed from the Rams hiring Sean McVay. Wow. And, and now you host a divisional round playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. 23 wins, 24 wins in two seasons. 24 regular season wins for and Sean McVay in two seasons. Unbelievable. You know what? And I'm glad. Like anybody that comes in contact or he knows seems like they're getting jobs in the NFL. And rightfully so. I mean, the guy is pretty good at his job. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Is it easier said than done, though, finding the next Sean McVay, whether you're chasing a Kingsbury at, at uh, Arizona or whether you're looking for Matt Lafleur in Green Bay, like is it as simple a, as finding a play-calling, no, offensive-minded head coach? It's a good start, JB. But I mean, bringing in Witt was huge. That's helped Sean McVay. Having Wade Phillips on your staff has definitely helped Sean McVay. So you got the right guy, but you got the right guys around him on the field and off to help him. So it's no guarantee. I mean, I'd, I'd rather hire a young phenom right now. But then there's a part of me that says I think Tampa made the right choice. Getting one of these grizzled old veterans that knows what he's doing and Bruce Arians. Uh, so we'll see. It, it all depends on what type of team you have and what type of buy-in you have. Speaking of Andrew Whitworth, I had a conversation with him this week as part of our Rams Revealed podcast series. And one of the questions I posed to him, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, DeMarco, is there are essentially two really good Rams offenses this year. The three wide receiver based, uh, group that we saw from week one really through the bye. And then the Week 16 and Week 17 group with C.J. Anderson with more two tight end downhill running looks that both produced wonderful results. Now, there was a little lull in there coming off the bye that we didn't really think too highly of. 
But now that everyone's available and Todd Gurley's back and Andrew Whitworth is healthy, kind of what will that look like from Sean McVay as he has a few more multiple options than he did before C.J. Anderson arrived? Here's Whitworth's answer. Well, I think it's important for us to have some diversity. And I think that, yeah, I think that you see the way we've performed um, really throughout the year running the football and games that we've been able to do that. We've been highly successful. And um, to be able to mix it up and be able to do uh, run and pass and everything else out of different groups, um, I think it really uh, helps us a little bit just having a different edge to us at different mm-hmm. points in the game and um, keeps us ahead of the chains and puts us in a productive situation. So I think that uh, for us, really, you know, that physical mentality, I think, is more of something that you see in December and in playoff football, it just seems to be what wins football games. You know, you just see teams kind of physically take over one another in these games and, and you just kind of keep wondering when the other team's going to bounce back. And, and it just seems that's how it goes. And so for us, it's about that opportunity that, man, we're going to play a team that's, they're tremendous at that. And, and uh, that's going to have to be part of our identity as well. And, and we hope to uh, show that physicality this week. So, yes, the Rams do have more options offensively, whether it's with yeah. two di- tight ends, whether it's with Anderson, whether it's with a healthy Gurley. As a defensive coordinator, is that a tougher task this week? Uh, well, yeah, it keeps you up at night. It, it's more that you have to talk about with your guys. And, you know, I was thinking, um, you know, C.J. Anderson, um, you don't just start him or hand him the football. You light that fuse and let him go, and he just beats up the defense. That is your job going through. You're not going to be able to fool anybody from this point on. And it really takes the game from the sidelines and to the field. You know what's coming. You know what they're going to run. You've got, you've got miles and miles of video to watch. You know them. They're going to know you. It's going to be obvious. You just have to out execute or out physical them. So I love the fact that you went to a running offense or a more physical in the phone booth type towards, towards the end of the year. That's what's going to be effective from this point on. Uh, can you, Fool somebody? Can you fool these Dallas linebackers? I doubt it. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna know you back to front and be where they're supposed to be. So you're gonna have to go through them to get through them. Uh, Jaylen, if you understand that, Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch, yeah. two elite uh, linebackers. So just give me a, a projection, a guess. What do you think the running back breakdown will look like for the Rams? Uh two to one. Three to one, Todd. If Todd's feeling good, could be four to one. But CJ is going to have a role in this, no doubt. I mean, in the red zone, if you have a lead and you're trying to bleed clock and you, you you're starting to march on them, I would love to go three or four carries with CJ just to wear them down, and then let Todd be the scalpel and carve them up, uh, a, a true one-two punch. Uh, but if Todd's going, if Todd looks like Todd, stay with Todd. But CJ has a role in this offense to wear them down. Speaking of staying with Todd, I go back to the wild card loss to the Falcons last year, and I think one of the quote-unquote lessons, I'm not sure Sean McVay looks at it this way, that came out of that one was you can't abandon the run too early, right? And and there were some specific things within that game that dictated the play calling. Mm -hmm. But here we go again with a defense uh, for Dallas that just held Chris Carson to 20 yards rushing on 13 attempts. And so while the moral of the story might seem to be, hey, the Rams have to be more committed to running the football against this defense, maybe not. Yeah. Because Pete Carroll and his quarterback Russell Wilson are home this week saying we should have thrown the football more <laughs> against the Cowboys. How do you contend with that? You know, and I think I think Dallas did a great job for what Seattle likes to do, but I think there's more variety with this football team running it. So you'll present more options uh, to that defense. You're really going to see what they're made of because – Sean McVay and 
Aaron Cromer, to to a certain respect, as the run game coordinator, is going to find ways to put you in spots to where one guy's going to have to make a tackle on his back. You saw it versus Arizona a lot. And towards the end of that game, you saw safety start to miss. Um, but eventually, that's going to start to happen to Dallas. But against Seattle, the way they play, it's a little bit different. Russell Wilson got free a few times. They were really collapsing on the run and giving away the the read option, so to speak, and they actually scored with one. So it'll be a little bit different for Dallas. Great job against them, but there's going to be more options or more situations where you're going to have to be a little more flexible because of the passing game that Seattle didn't have. Is that, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can be more multiple in your yes. running game, force them to tackle in space in Correct. different ways. And in terms of balance, I, I think we get it wrong in terms of run-pass, pure handoff versus pass. In McVay's system, in many modern offensive systems, it's about defending every eligible player, right? every blade of grass. It's left, right, shallow, deep. I mean, that's how they think of balance. True. In your running game and in your passing game. It's not just a matter of being stubborn about turning around and handing to your tailback. And who are you leaving singled on the outside? Because if you are collapsing the run and you're doing a good job with an eight-man box, and I, I think that's what it's going to take to stop this run game, then you're leaving yourself wide open for Robert Woods. I mean, he's the guy that takes advantage of that with crossing routes. And that's why he's been so good all year. Uh, There is a credible run threat. So you just won't be able to collapse on top of the run like they did versus Seattle. This will be a little bit different for Dallas. In terms of preparing for his second postseason game, Sean McVay uh, was a little bit more philosophical in terms of how his Rams are different going into this January than they were a year ago. I, mean, I think it's all about our team. You know, I think we're, we're, we just know our players better, our, our coaches. Uh, we've got better continuity. Uh, I think there's a better understanding of how we as a coaching staff can put our players in spots to maximize their abilities. Um, and then it's a, just about us doing a great job this week with our practice, with our planning, and then hopefully that leads to the good performance. But like anything else, I think we've done a good job of learning from our experiences, both good and bad, and uh, that's what's allowed us to feel like we've improved, but, but we know it's going to be a great challenge. That's funny, and that's the key. That's the only thing that matters, what he just said, is how excited and how how ready this team is to play football. I mean, we can talk X's and O's and talk chess all day long, but it, it only it's only going to make a hoot if these guys come out of the tunnel ready to play from snap number one, and that's on him. So when we talk about has this team learned from last postseason, we really mean has he learned. You know, And what has he learned? What is he taking forward with him? Um, you have to improve. You should improve. So... The advantages, the disadvantages are all out there. They're obvious. Who plays better on game day? And that's all on the coaches. Uh, great to be with DeMarco Farr, a Super Bowl champion, as we preview this playoff game at the Coliseum. Hope you will join us on Saturday night, either in person or on air here on ESPN LA 710. Back with more on Rams All Access after this. Segment number three of this shortened edition of Rams All Access as we look ahead to the Dallas Cowboys in the divisional round. DeMarco Farr, J.V. Long. The winner will face either the Philadelphia Eagles or the New Orleans Saints. So let's take a step back and let me take you back, DeMarco, to week four of 2017 at Jerry World. Rams down double digits second quarter. They find a way to rally to win. And a phenomenal second-half defensive performance, a break on special teams. Greg Zerline kicks a franchise-record seven field goals. Do you think the Rams would be where they are today 
if they did not find a way to come back and win that contest. Oh, God, no, no. And I, I, so that was a turning point. I would say absolutely. And and don't forget a horrible uh, call on Robert Woods, that touchdown call. That was. I will never let them forget that. That was horrible. Anyway, but yeah, I, I agree, man. That was the big deal. That was the turning point. And I think I was talking about that with Miles yesterday, uh, about that second half and how that spurred on last season. But remember what happened in the first half. Zeke was on you. He was making your guys miss. He was making certain guys that aren't here anymore really look bad on the field. So that's what Dallas's offense can do. But, yeah, that second-half turnaround was was everything last year. It really got uh, it got the Sean McVay going, that era going in, in Jerry World, that second half. And now they come back to the Coliseum where they also kicked off the Rams' return to Los Angeles. Lucky Whitehead, remember, returning the opening yeah. kickoff in the preseason 2016. And and there was a really intense period of time in the 70s and 80s when the Cowboys and the Rams met eight times in the playoffs, split them 4-4. It's been a while. It's been a lifetime, really. It's been Sean McVay's lifetime. But here we go again, and I think it has the potential to be really hot and really long-running, once again, given where these teams are in their stages of development. Uh, But even something as as recent as um, the uh, Oxnard uh, scuffle, Right oh, the in, tra- in training yeah, camp yeah. comes Crazy. to mind. The role that Jerry Jones played in the ownership group in getting Stan Kroenke and the Rams back to Los Angeles and getting the stadium going. I mean, uh, these franchises, despite playing in different divisions and maybe not having as much history as some other rivals of theirs, are very closely entwined. I think it's an intriguing matchup for Saturday in that regard. Oh, no doubt. I mean, look, uh, I think the Cowboys are the the... Shining Palace on the Hill. They're what every team wants to be, regardless of how you feel about them. Um, Who travels better than Dallas outside of Green Bay and Pittsburgh? And that that, it might be close with those. I mean, they, they are, and I hate even saying it, America's team. They have fans everywhere, but, but, but they don't own Southern California when the Rams are good. Hmm. And, and that's always going to be the battle. So, and I, I love it that both quarterbacks are young, both running backs are young. Um, I would say one coach is young and one coach seems to have tenure, <laughs> you know, at this point, I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. Wow. How many, how many times have we thought he was going to get fired? And Every now, single here, year. Here they, are, they rebound from a three and five start and he deserves an extension. And I think the, both owners are competitive. Uh, they're friendly, but they want to beat the other. So yeah, I, I love when you have competitions like that. So, um, it's great. And when you think about it, aren't we going to Dallas next year? Correct. Going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, I, I think both of these teams could be tied, uh, for, for talking about the NFC supremacy going forward once Drew Brees cycles out. Yeah. I mean, that, that was not a primetime game in Arlington a, a couple of years back. I can almost guarantee next year's trip to Dallas will be a primetime game. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> look, can you imagine if it turns, this game turns into a shootout? If it goes from, we're talking uh, about Todd, we're talking about Zeke, and we're talking about Aaron, and we stop talking about them and talk about these two quarterbacks going at it back and forth, back and forth. Wow. It just sets up next year. Okay. If that happens, if it turns into a which quarterback gets it last type of affair. Who do you have confidence in? Jared, because of the weapons. I do. Um, I Look, I, I think you can force-feed the ball to Amari Cooper and have success, but you have to supplement that with a run game because eventually you can collapse or roll somebody over the top in bracket coverage and take that away. Uh, I think the Rams just have way too many weapons. There's too many places you can go with the football if you're Jared, Jared Goff. And if you're getting good protection, he can have those stretches of just crazy accuracy. 
that moved down the field. And I think we saw that guy in Arizona. We definitely saw that guy in versus San Francisco. That's the if. The protection's the yeah. if. And I wonder how much of having CJ uh, now kind of fully vetted in the offense and loading up with some larger packages, including two tight ends, helps shore up some of that protect- protection for Jared Goff. Because while Arizona and San Francisco are going to be picking atop the next draft, the one thing they do pretty well is rush the quarterback. And yes. they, ha- they have some pass rushers that... You know, with the exception of the initial strip sack in Arizona in week 16, from that point forward, Jared Goff played it cleanly. Big time. And, you know, I, I worry about their pass rush more than sacks and hits um, because they're going to get heat. I worry about holding calls because, look, Lawrence is good. He can make you miss. And Gregory coming off the edge is a speed merchant. He can just get around there. So if you get caught out of position and you have a tendency to reach out and grab and it's flagged, you may take away a large gain. That sort of stuff. So affecting Jared Goff without without actually bringing him down or hitting him, that's going to be an issue uh, come Saturday. So all this stuff with the way they rush and the guys they have, uh, keeping pressure off of Jared Goff or uh, keeping your obvious passing downs in your favor is going to be a rough outing. Uh, here is QB1 on what he sees from that Dallas defense. You can start with the pass rush. They, you know, I know they had Demarcus Lawrence last year as well, but he's playing at a really high level again this year, and they've added a few pieces there that have – played at a high level with him and they've done some good things up front to do that and then um, I think the linebackers are extremely athletic you know Sean Lee's a great player but Vander Esch stepping in for him and, and, and Jalen are both so athletic and can do such great things and then I think Byron Jones moving to corner having the year he's had has been huge for them and their secondary is good as well at the, at the other positions but they've made some good adjustments and I think these last seven eight games um, they've really found themselves defensively have played well. Uh, they have certainly done that. We'd be remiss if we didn't spend a moment on special teams, DeMarco, for a few reasons. One, it cost the Rams their wild card game at home against the Falcons last year. Uh, two, it cost a couple of teams their outcomes last weekend in the wild card mm-hmm. round, whether it's Sebastian Janikowski with an injury for the Seahawks, um, whether it's Parkey in Chicago and the double doink. Uh, whether it's Tavon Austin, who had a couple of nice returns, one for a touchdown that was erased by an illegal block in the back, but another that was instrumental, 51 yards uh, to help Dallas to a victory. Uh, Tavon returns to the Coliseum, and no more Farrell Cooper. It's JoJo Natson with a lot of pressure on his shoulders uh, to get the football to his offense in a good position. I, I, I don't know if you're like me. I hold my breath now. I didn't before with JoJo, but I kind of. But that's just when you have a punt returner that has issues putting the ball on the ground. I think everyone has that anxiety. So the only way out of that is to be more consistent and maybe break off a few. But remember why Tavon lost his punt return duties a while back, Mm -hmm. because he got shaky with it. But once they do find their groove, they can be dangerous. So when you think about dangerous returners, I think about Johnny Hecker. Control him. Control where you put the football, outside the numbers and deep. Uh, if you funnel them into where you want them to return, there is no return. But if you put it right down the middle of the field, guys like Tavon will burn you. I know it's not the most exciting thing to talk about in the run-up to a game, but the Rams have an advantage at place kicker. Greg Zerline, I mean, forget that he did it against the Cowboys, the seven field goals. He is more experienced, more seasoned. He is a better kicker than the rookie Brett Maher for the Cowboys. And for all the success that the Rams have had through two years, 24 wins, how many have come down to the laces of Greg Zerline? Not many. I mean, he has not had to boot one at the gun. <laughs> right. I mean, a, a clutch one against Green Bay along the way, but some of the other ones were, were while he was injured. Right. right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this will be a big, it could so, come so down it would, to him. It wouldn't yeah, surprise yeah. me if Greg Zerline finally has the moment and the stage to himself. 
And if it's him or if it's Brett Maher for the Cowboys, you have to say advantage Rams in that regard. Uh, Distance-wise, accuracy, like he's been there. But like you said, no one's really ready for that situation until you've been in it. So I wouldn't say hold your breath, but we have to wait and see how it goes. Yeah. yeah. but just I re- hope it doesn't get down to that. Just remember, they were kicking with Ficken at the end of last year. Greg Zerlon was on IR. So what's right. different going into the playoffs this time around? I think having Greg the leg is a weapon that you cannot overlook. If you need three to win and you've got to drive it out of your own end, you think about how strong his leg is, where you can line up from for a field goal attempt and actually feel comfortable. Anywhere from inside of 56 yards, you feel great about it. He's got the leg to get it there. Now let's hope it lands between the uprights. All right, final segment and final thoughts from DeMarco Farr when we come back on Rams All Access. This is ESPN LA 710. All right, welcome back to our final segment of Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. So looking forward to this playoff game at the Coliseum Saturday night under the lights in primetime against the group they call America's team. Big time. Um, MVP picks so far, way too early picks. John Johnson on defense. I bet he has 10 tackles, probably more. Uh, On the offensive side, Rob Havenstein. If you don't hear, if Rob Havenstein is the guy we're talking about on Sunday, that means Demarcus Lawrence did nothing. That he's means a Jared true Goff left went, defensive end. Yes, that means that means Jared Goff went bananas. If you can keep that guy at bay, and, and the only way to do that, or eighty five percent of the time, it's going to be Rob Havenstein because that's where he lives. How about Rob? By the way, finishes as a top five tackle. That's including left and right tackles in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus this year. Yeah, he should, whatever the ATV got from Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, he should give it to Aaron <laughs> Cromer and Sean McVay because only in this offense do you get to show all your skills because you're pulling left, you're pulling right, you're screening left, you're screening right, you're running the football balanced both ways, inside and out. So you get to show everything you're about on this offensive line. You know, just to circle back to finding the next Sean McVay and the, the coaching carousel that's going on right now, I think that's the part that gets overlooked is – McVay's got some very unique abilities, right, on and off the field. But what he came to Los Angeles with was a plan, and part of that plan included a staff. And the staff that he's assembled and largely has kept intact through two years plays a massive role, including Aaron Cromer, in where the Rams are today. And if you can, whether it's Kingsbury, whether it's LaFleur, whomever, if you can assemble a staff of that caliber – you're giving yourself a fighting chance to attract free agents that fit your system to develop players who are already in your organization. Um, but yes, McVeigh deserves most of the lion's share of the credit. But let's not overlook what Aaron Cromer, what Joe Barry, what Aubrey Pleasant, uh, what Eric Yarber, so many individuals on this staff have done collectively to put the Rams in a position where they tied for the best record in the NFL this year. You know, look, I think you came in and everyone came in with the same mission in mind to be the best football team you can possibly be, and then let's see where that takes you. You know, it's football, everything changes. Guys get jobs, guys get interviewed. But while you're here and when you start, let's be great. Um, They usually come looking for, for coaches from teams that are good, from teams that make the postseason. So if you have designs on being one of those guys, then you have to help us get here. And I think every coach you just mentioned, plus the ones you didn't, have done a fantastic job. Even some of the holdovers. Bones Fossil, I thought, was the the best recruiting job and the best keep-at-home guy you can have in the National Football League. That's the side of the room you don't have to worry about. That was part of the plan. That's yeah. what I mean. When he yeah. came in with a plan, Great that stuff. included identifying, hey, if I'm going to just zero in on the offensive side of the football, I better have Wade Phillips. Right. If I want to win over some of the existing pieces of this locker room, I better keep Bones Fossil. 
because he's a guy that people rally around and trust. And so I think that gave him a head start in that first offseason that helped them find some early success that validated what he was all about and his core principles. And then the rest kind of just built off of that momentum. No doubt. Now, all that being said, he himself is still one of, if not the biggest competitive advantages for the Rams on Saturday night against the Cowboys. And is every time the Rams take the field. I, I firmly believe that. And maybe he didn't call his best game against the Falcons last year. But other than losing twice to the Eagles, show me another example where McVay and his Rams have not capitalized on a second opportunity. Great point. Absolutely. And that's the crazy thing when, you know, in the media and away from here and you hear stuff about Sean McVay, he's a wonder kind, all this sort of stuff. But what you hear from the field is nothing but respect. And it's usually from the defensive side of the football for what he's doing and how he's doing it because he's so innovative. He comes up with stuff you haven't thought of, but he never gets away from the bread and butter type stuff. It's not just fluff that's getting you. It's a, a total offensive game plan that, like you said earlier, makes you defend the entire football field. It puts pressure on everybody, and it it could be from practice squad call up to an all pro. You're all getting it the same way, and you're going to have to play your scheme perfectly. Any mistakes, any giveaways, any tells, he's going to see it because he's looking. I think it just raises the game for everybody on the field. And in terms of who is going to be between the lines, uh, we started with this, and I would like to finish with it. Whether you had a career season like Gerald Everett, Josh Reynolds, Austin Blythe, Rob Havenstein, or whether maybe you didn't deliver on your career averages, Dominican Sue, Marcus Peters, whomever, the fact of the matter is the Rams assembled one of the most star-studded, talented rosters in the National Football League. And McVay motivated them and guided them to 13 wins. And now with essentially only one exception, that would be Cooper Cup. They are all healthy and ready to go. And in some instances, I think treating this as maybe their last look at it. And I'm not saying whether or not John Sullivan or Andrew Whitworth or Indomitian Sue or any of those pieces are going to be Rams in 2019. That's a consideration and a conversation for another time. But Andrew Whitworth told me this week, and I imagine some other players feel this way too, whether or not you're playing for any team next year, to assume that you're going to be healthy and in the postseason would be unrealistic. And so I think many in this group will take the field Saturday night at the Coliseum feeling like their next loss could be their last in the postseason. I like it. Uh, and that's the way it should be. And that's the way you need to play. And that needs to be communicated. That is focus, good man. Absolutely. Um, the, the Right after, five seconds after the final gun sounded in the Super Bowl, when the confetti is falling on our heads and we're elated, it was the best, worst feeling ever. It was the best because we were the best. The worst is, this is the last time this team will ever be together. And it was. They all changed. Take advantage of it. And that's the case whether you win or lose. Whether so you I, win or it's lose. A, it's a right. special group. It's the last time we're going to see this group. Uh, collectively as it's currently constituted in this month of January and hopefully on the first Sunday uh, in February. All right, final thoughts. No turnovers, no stupid penalties, none of the things that cost you games over the last two years under Sean McVay. You take care of your end and let your talent win out. You couldn't pick. You couldn't have picked a better opponent for your opening round in the postseason with everything that Dallas presents from their fans to their running back, it's going to be a great challenge. Can't wait. Pre-game coverage here on ESPN LA 710 begins at 2 in the run-up to the primetime kickoff. 
I'm going to be there before that, I'm sure, just because I cannot sit around the house with all that nervous <laughs> energy building. Uh, so we'll look forward to seeing you at the Coliseum, that historic house. Plays host to a divisional round playoff game three years to the date that the Rams uh, secured their homecoming and two years to the date that they hired Sean McVay. For DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Thanks for joining me, big fellow, for this edition postseason Although style the others. <laughs> of Rams All Access. Looking forward to maybe facing the winner of the Saints or the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks for being with us as well on ESPN LA 710. All right!